The chefs are Food Network's Jeffrey Zakarian and his daughters Madeline and Anna. The dish is eggs with lamb, pine nuts, and toasted pita. And this is Cook Tracks. I'm Rach, Rachel Ray, and you're listening to Cook Tracks. It's a brand new, super cool way to cook. Each episode will be right alongside you. Well, kind of, will be in your ear, taking you step-by-step through a dish or a meal in real time. We'll be adding a little pinch of tips, tricks, and fun stories to keep you guys entertained and up your cooking game. Needless to say, we've got your back in the kitchen. I mean it, guys. You literally don't have to worry about a thing. I'm going to keep you on track with my buddy, Cappy. Think of him as our kind of play-by-play announcer for the cook-along. And since not all stoves are created equal, boy, do I know that. If you guys get a little caught up, just hit pause. You don't have to read a recipe, and it isn't rocket science. This is not something you're supposed to take seriously. We want you guys to have fun. Follow along, and at the end of each episode, we'll have made a dish or a meal from start to finish together. Gather up your ingredients, pour yourself a drink or a cup of tea, and turn your volume up to 11. This is Cook Tracks. Take it away, Cap. Hey everyone, it's Cappy. The episode you're about to hear was recorded as part of a virtual live at home series produced by the Food Network and Cooking Channel New York City Wine and Food Festival. I was honored to moderate over 30 of these classes with some of the world's greatest chefs and culinary personalities, and now they're available to you right here on CookTracks. You can find all the ingredients and equipment you need to cook along on our website, cooktracks.com. We hope you're ready to have some fun, and remember, some of the chefs follow these recipes to a T, while others cook from the heart and use their recipe as a guide. I want to mention that the money raised, over $400,000, from the guest participation in these classes went towards the New York City Wine and Food Festival Restaurant Employee Relief Fund, supporting the National Restaurant Association Educational Foundation to help New York State restaurant workers hit by the COVID-19 crisis. If you'd like to learn more and give to the fund, please visit chooserestaurants.org or nycwff.org backslash relief. We appreciate all of your support. Thank you and enjoy this episode. Here we go, everybody. Welcome. I don't think we need a huge introduction for today's special guest, but I'll, I'll, I'll do a little one for you all. Personally, I've been enjoying his videos, uh, GZ at home on Instagram lately. Um, he's an accomplished chef, a restaurateur, an author, a philanthropist, a TV personality. Um, but wait, he's joined today by his two daughters, Madeline and Anna, which you may recognize from their forthcoming book, the Family That Cooks Together book is published by James Patterson and comes out this October. There's about 80 recipes for the whole family to enjoy. I'm sure they'll talk about that today a little bit. And these two young girls are also huge advocates for City Harvest, a food rescue organization in New York. So girls, thank you for your incredible work that you do to shine a light on City Harvest. All right, Zakarian fam, here's how this is gonna go down. Tell us what we're making today. We could do a little roll call of ingredients for everybody, and then we could do a short stop down in case anyone needs to run to the fridge or the pantry really quick. Sound good? All right. Hi, everybody, uh, and welcome. Uh, This is such a pleasure to come from our home, especially uh, our family, and we are indeed cooking together from the book. This is a recipe from the book um, that the girls wrote. Uh, I did not write this book or ghostwrite this book. They actually wrote it, so just, it's really incredible, and it's James Patterson, an incredible uh, author who's, I think, sold more books than anyone on the planet. 
agreed to actually publish this, and it's his first uh, color cookbook, and we're so excited to work with him. So uh, we are doing today uh, something from the cookbook, like I said, but this is, I would say, something that we throw together as a family. We are a Mediterranean family, Middle Eastern family, and we love lamb. So we're doing a Middle Eastern scrambled lamb and egg dish. Uh, we haven't really even named it. What's the name of the dish, actually? We have a name for it? Eggs, Middle Eastern eggs with lamb. So, but our grandma... Yeah, our grandma started this. So what we're going to do is just go through the ingredients first so everybody's happy. We call this mise en place. Mise en place sounds French. It is French, and it sounds complicated. What it means is everything in its place, meaning before you start to cook, there's not a chef in the world that's accomplished will never do his mise en place. So this is all done, meaning that my, my daughters and I don't have to go running to the fridge, frantic to the pantry. We don't have to dive off of something we forgot. We forgot nothing. Everything is here. So we're going to start with the main ingredient. This is ground lamb. So uh, we just made a nice hatch mark in it to you for the, for the photo. But uh, we love lamb. Middle Eastern people love lamb. This is ground lamb. It's leg of lamb. You can use chuck, shoulder. We just happened to – I asked the butcher what he had, and he had legs, so we ground some lamb. You can use anything if you want to use even uh, burger meat or chuck or something like that. You can use it. But lamb has a very special flavor. It's really wonderful. And when you, when you taste this – with the combination of ingredients, which sound unusual, you'd really love it. We have some whole butter. Uh, we have diced onions. We have pine nuts or pignolis. Pignolis are the more expensive. Uh, these are inside of pine cones. That's what you find, pine nuts. We have uh, six eggs. We have cinnamon. And we have salt. We have both uh Kosher salt, and we have uh, sea salt for garnish, which is a larger, a little chunkier. And we have extra virgin olive oil. Now, as well as pita bread, you could use, you know, if you had any kind of flatbread, uh, uh, any kind of naan or anything like that, you can use. But we like pita bread because we're Middle Eastern and very familiar. A little olive oil. And we have an extra ingredient you don't have. You don't have to have it. Uh, this is called za'atar, Z-A-T-A-A-R. It's Middle Eastern, um, and it's a mixture of sumac, Sesame seeds, dry oregano, dry thyme. It's really incredible, and we're going to brush it on the toast with a little olive oil and warm our bread. So this is an, uh, an extra little something we had. So, and we have parsley for garnish. That is it. Now, we usually have this lamb. It's leftover. If you have cooked leftover lamb from a leg that you've cooked, you can chop it up and use the same recipe. So this is raw. It's very special, but you can use it when you have leftover lamb and just go through it. So this is a great brunch dish. It hits everything. It hits flavor, it hits carb, it has protein, and it has uh, wonderful oils. So are we ready to begin? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, I am just going to talk today. I'm going to answer as many questions as I can. The girls are going to cook. And if we're ready to go, we're going to get a pan on here, about medium heat, with a little olive oil, and we're going to put our onions in to the pan. And with the onions and the pan, you are just want to get, you don't want to get them crispy. You just want to get them really soft. You want to get them soft before you put the meat in. So I'm just going to let that cook. We add a little olive oil here. Yep. So that's step one. Now, this is going to take probably 15 minutes to get the result you want. So don't rush it because what happens is you'll burn the onions. All right? So once the onions get soft, just a bit soft, we're going to add some of the lamb. Yeah. And just put it in and... You know, we're gonna. What's what the key to this is is you know we don't have to use all of this. We see that that's probably enough. That good? Yeah, and that's then probably a good I ratio. Like with the um, meat, I like to use a wooden spoon because I can 
Like, yeah, so it's almost like you're making a, like if you're doing a bolognese or you're doing a meat sauce, it's probably the same way you're going you're gonna to start. The, the difference in this is if we're going to add some spices that you might find unusual for going in with lamb, um, which is going to be um, pine nuts and then cinnamon. Cinnamon is one of those incredible herbs that we associate with baking or breakfast or cinnamon toast or cinnamon rolls, but actually with lamb and onion, it's a very uh, Middle Eastern tradition that we use all the time. And I really love how it flavors it. So it's something that I feel is what makes this, sets this dish apart is the cinnamon. And we sometimes just give this dish to friends and that come over when I make it. And they're like, wow, what is that special flavor? And it's really the cinnamon. So again, you can see what she's doing. I mean, once it gets to a point that you don't have to do that anymore, we're going to push, it's going to brown, we're going to push it all over and we're going to actually put the eggs in the same pan. So I'm going to, I'm just going to give it up for uh, Kathy. If you have any questions come in, let, let me have them right now. We can answer while it's getting cooking. Yeah, for sure. So um, someone under the name Bliss is asking about cinnamon. If they don't have cinnamon, is there a substitute or do they, would they just uh, potentially remove it? You can use, I, I think that this particular dish needs something that's a warm spice. So you could use cinnamon, you could use um, nutmeg, you could use allspice. Because allspice is a, a collection of all those warm herbs. So that's a great question. Um, and, you know, cinnamon is one of those things that is actually, um, you know, it's, it's in the bark of the cinnamon tree. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but they, they take off the entire bark of the tree and they dry it. And then they grind it. So it's quite a process to get cinnamon. But yes, allspice is good. Allspice is good. Nutmeg is good. Even mace. But mace is very strong. Just be careful. Awesome. Next question. That's a great question. Yeah. Question for the girls, Anna and Madeline. We have a little girl named Rachel who's seven who's wondering how old you guys are. I, I just turned 13. I just turned 11. And you already have a cookbook coming out, you two. Overachievers. <laughs> um, do you guys have a favorite thing to cook as a family? Um, as a family, let's see, we love, we usually do when, some nights we do like pizza, we yeah. all do tacos, we do like big tacos and we all help out with that, we do, we love baking, um, what's another family thing we do? Chili. Breakfast, oh yeah, we have chili a lot. Breakfast yeah. is like, we, breakfast is we all pitch in, sort of, we all yeah. make our own yeah. thing and we all help out. Nice. This next question may be a little more for your dad. Um, GZ, do you have a favorite, uh, like a brunch cocktail you may serve with this dish? Uh, uh, what was that again? A brunch cocktail you may serve with this? Ah, I was wondering when we were going to get to that. <laughs> um, we have been making something since uh, it got the spring up here. We're in New York State. The spring went from cold and rainy to like hot. So I've been doing a, a Parisian Aperol uh, mm. spritz, which is sort of the substitution of champagne with uh, Prosecco. And we add a little bitters to it. And it's just such a fantastic drink to have at sort of sunset and just before you eat. Uh, and so that's one dish that I think is great for both sunset and brunch. Because at brunch, you really want to have something that has a little effervescence in it. And so let's take a look. Malin, where are we with okay, the process? Okay, so I, as it gets more cooked, it gets a little bit I uh, more uh, broken up. And a trick with seasoning is I like to do it at the end. This is like a, a chef trick because it sucks out all the more food. Yeah, you want to add your salt at the very end of the Once cooking process. Otherwise, you're going to have a long time before it browns. So a lot of people salt right away. Nice. Uh, and what that happens is that you're not going to get the sort of uh, color that you want to on the meat. Now, in this particular dish, you don't have to get a lot of color, but you want to have a little 
just a bit. So you, as you can see, we've added no salt and pepper yet. We have our onions and you see the fat that came off of the lamb. What we're gonna do is we're gonna take a little paper towel in a minute, and we're gonna take some of that fat out just by mopping. So it's very simple. You push it off to the side like this. This is another technique we use so you don't have to uh, ruin another dish or anything like that. And we just mop up some of that lamb fat, which is delicious fat, and you can actually save it if you want and use it later. But what it does is it really gets it um, so that all the lamb now is being kissed by the fat. And then Madeline's gonna add salt, not so oh, so great, right? I just got some fine salt. You know, you can, you can, you'll see when you taste this whether you know it, it has any. If it needs more salt, you just taste it. Hey, GZ, someone asking if they could use your poultry or Greek spice mix here. Absolutely, you can. But this is very. This would change the dynamic of the dish. I think if you do use that, you can use cinnamon as well. It will be fine as well. So I'm gonna just taste a little, just a very little, since it's not cooked all the way, to see um, if it needs more salt or what it needs. And I think it needs more salt. Okay. At this point, uh, we're gonna go in with the cinnamon. Yeah. So this is quite a bit of cinnamon, but it needs it, trust me. And then we're going to go in with the pine nuts. The okay. pine nuts are very end because you don't want to burn them. Yeah, the pine nuts are one of those things that everybody, including myself, burns at least once. They try it, so you, you get a lot of pine nuts and you end up burning half of them. I know that from uh, a lot of experience in the kitchen. So, so as you can see how nice that is, it's a little brown, it's a little, it, it looks like it has... Uh, something in it that is spice-wise, it's great. It should be like your whole nose now should be open with this cinnamon smell. Uh, and what's really great about it is once the eggs hit this can, they're going to drink all this gorgeous cinnamon and fat, and it's going to be this fantastic dish. So we're almost done with that. That's great. Now we did a great job. We're going to let that, we're going to put the heat off, take another question, and then we're going to go to our egg cookery. That's really important too because it's the second step. So part one, let's recap it. Our onions first, we softened it. We added our lamb. We let the lamb render its fat. We sort of took a little out with a paper towel if we needed be. But you see how nice that looks? It's just the right amount of fat. Um, and it's cooked perfectly. We shut our heat off, added the pine nuts, the cinnamon. That step one is done. So that's our base. So let's go to step, let's have some questions before we go to step two. Yeah, awesome. So uh, congrats to the Scots. They're celebrating their fifth anniversary today and they're curious if you have a favorite anniversary dish. Oh. Wow, um, <laughs> favorite anniversary dish. Well. Champagne. Champagne, I mean, there it's you go. champagne. I think if you start your anniversary with alcohol as soon as possible, as soon as you get up, it's gonna be a much better anniversary. So <laughs> I would crack open something right now because it's like 10, 15. There you go. But happy anniversary. Um, okay, another question before we start. Yeah, um, a couple people wondering: Can you sub another meat if you can't get lamb? Absolutely, and absolutely, ground beef, right? Ground pork, ground chicken, anything can be substituted. The reason why we use lamb is usually this lamb is left over from the night before, so we'll have a leg of lamb or whatever we didn't finish, or a loin or something, and we will grind that up or chop it up. It's sort of leftover dish. We had the luxury of having a real nice ground lamb, but you can absolutely use any yeah. any meat that you like, right? And we use like with leftover because we're Lebanese, we have a bunch of dishes that like they use ground beef. Like there's something called kibbe, there's like luby, yep. um, there's kusa with ground. They all have ground lamb or beef in it. 
but the lamb really has the flavor. Awesome. And and quick question uh, coming in from Josh, GZ, uh, maybe or any of any of you. Does it matter? They're curious whether it matters if you use a saute pan or cast iron skillet. Do you have a preference? Uh, for the pan, for the lamb here, I have nonstick, uh, and I use nonstick cast iron. Uh, one of my pans that I, we made with these things, but I love nonstick, especially because you're going to actually put eggs in it. That's a very good question. So it just helps with the production of keeping the eggs like nicely scrambled. Awesome. I'm going to peek through the gallery here. How's everyone looking? I see some people at their stove mixing up their lamb. Yeah. It's looking good. A couple kids cooking along. I love that always. All right. Looking good. We got some questions, but we could we could get cooking too, whatever we want. Okay, keep. Uh, how about one more question? We'll get everybody caught up. Awesome. Let's do. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna have a kitchen question really quick. This is Melody. She she's nine, and she she watches you on the kitchen, and she wants to know if you have a favorite episode and why. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, the first that's a great question, and thank you for watching. Um, Six years ago when we did the show, um, the first episode took forever. It was just one of those things we kept doing it over and over and over again. And one of them, uh, the, episode, the episode was I was showing the bar episode how to open champagne with a saber. So you take a knife and you un un undo the, the, the wire mesh and you lightly cut it. And so we did like six or seven takes and they were all fantastic. The cork stayed in. It was beautiful. And then they said, okay, we, have to, we, we messed up on those five. We need one more take. And that, that take, I, had, I was wearing a suit and tie. And that take, I hit the ball a little. Sometimes you hit the bottle wrong. And the bottle exploded. exploded. The entire thing exploded all over me. And I was left with the bottom of the bottle in my hand. And everyone was laughing. And they kept that cut for the show. <laughs> so that was the first cut. And I guess it was good luck because we've been doing it ever since. So you just have to remember, like, once you capture something on camera on the kitchen, you never know when it's going to be used. So... It's up to the uh, editors. So you can be really nice to the editors because they will like get you by putting something in that you don't want to be put in. Case in point. Okay, let's get back. So we have our lamb, right? Sitting over here. It's just resting. It's warm. It's yummy. Anna's turn. She's up next. What she's going to do is she's going to whisk some eggs and warm the bread. So we have six eggs here. Now, a lot of people ask me about eggs. I use large eggs. So when you're cooking... That's great. When you're cooking, I'm going to put a little salt in here. Remember, we have salt in everything, so just a little bit, not too much, and some pepper. Maddie, you want to hit that with pepper? So when you're cooking eggs, there are three kinds of eggs. There are size-wise. So we use organic. We try to use the best we can. That's good, sweetie. And we do medium, medium-large, large, extra-large, and jumbo. There's all these sizes. Why does that make any sense whatsoever? So why does that make sense? Why do you need to know? Because when you're baking, okay, any recipe in the book, there'll be a little note in the book that says the recipes are using medium eggs or the recipes are using large eggs. There's a big difference between a medium and a jumbo egg. So a medium egg, if you have a recipe that you need six eggs and you have a jumbo eggs, uh, the jumbo would need four and the medium would need six. So you have to use the same egg all the time. I know that sounds confusing, but with scrambling, it doesn't really matter. So these are just... I just wanted to get that to you. These are just regular eggs, six eggs. We added salt and pepper. We're going to put them aside, and we're going to use, we're going to warm up pita bread. So like I said, this is Syrian bread that we bought in the store, uh, in a local store. Um, really delicious. This is whole wheat. We're going to brush a little olive oil on it. Not too much, just yeah. <laughs> And we're going to just season it with salt and pepper. A little salt, and we're going to season it with a little bit of za'atar that I told you that I love. That's this extra ingredient here. 
And this is how we do our Syrian bread. We warm it up uh, in a pan with a little, um, you know, it's the seed. Yeah. Little zatar, just like that. And above. the question before what family dishes we do, this is also something we do for snacks. Sometimes my mom takes some bread and puts it in the oven with some zatar. And we put tomatoes and olive oil and like we add stuff to it. And that's a really good snack. So this is sort of like, you know, this is similar to what you would do with a, with a tortilla. When you're warming up a tortilla to having taco, you would just put this in a pan, a warm pan, or you would grill it. Okay, yeah. so it's very simple. We're just going to leave that there, and you're going to do a couple of them, and then we're going to get back to our eggs. Any question in the meantime? Um, yeah, it just, someone's asking about how much the tar, but as you saw, just a sprinkling of it. Yeah, yeah and if, listen, the more you the more you like it, the more you're going to put more because it's really fantastic. Yeah, tastes awesome. Do you all have a favorite dish, uh, favorite quarantine dish to share? Um, my, oh we've been making a lot of fish, a lot of fish. Yeah. A lot of fish. I love fish. I could eat it every day. Yeah, the best thing the best thing about quarantine that we found is like so many people now can deliver. So it's kind of remarkable what you can get. A lot of people have pivoted their business. All my suppliers who are now basically in really bad shape financially pivoted to do boxes for for their customers now, um, you know, from commercial to residential. Yeah. So Otherwise, they would have had no business, but it's, like, it's amazing how fast they did it. And it's really uh, incredible that they have that ability to do it. All right, you want to get that, Should put I that say one my here? Favorite dish? Okay, I'll say my favorite quarantine dish. Um, oh, my yeah. favorite quarantine dish, I because I have school through the day, so like online schooling. So I like making like quick lunches. So I've been making a lot of pasta. Um, I also love. For breakfast, I've been making this avocado toast on um, like um, toast. I have avocado, and then I, I make a poached egg on top. Nice. That's really good with some tomatoes. That's really good. Um, what else? What else? How about the drinks Anna's been making? Oh, yeah. She's oh, yeah. I make a lot drinks. of mocktails. She makes the mocktail, and then I come by and put gin on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> Except, Except for two. Except for two. So... So let's take a look in here. Zoom in here. You can see we put a, we put we re seasoned the lamb. It's like sizzling now. We put it on low because guess what we're gonna do next? Anna's doing a great job on warming this pita up. And this, like I said, is just like a tortilla. When you warm up a tortilla and you put it over the fire or a pan, it it, it comes back again. And it's amazing. Okay, so we're gonna show you now exactly how we're gonna do the eggs. So I'm gonna. Uh, now I want you to push the, uh, we're going to take the same pan, right? So we don't want to do dishes. This is a quarantine special right here. <laughs> Less dishes, the better. So we're going to push this over here. We're going to leave it there. We're going to turn it on medium, put our butter in. We're going to need a lot of butter. And Anna's going to dump in the eggs. And then I'm going to get a clean whisk for yeah. Anna to whisk the eggs inside. No whisk. I'm loving this technique. Okay, so... That, we're gonna let sit for a second before we whisk it when we want it to start to cook, but we're gonna use a whisk. When you have a pan that's Teflon, you wanna use this, which is a, uh, a whisk that has rubber on the outside of it or plastic or, or something so that you don't scratch your Teflon. Remember, the Teflon pan is only as good as how you treat it. So if you treat it badly, it's gonna treat you badly. So we have our bread here. Look how delicious that looks. Really warm, we shut our heat off. We're gonna put that here so everything is ready at the same time. With cooking, you have to remember that if you have your miso blast and you thoroughly cook like this, you can see that my plate is warm, my bread is warm, my eggs are just about cooked. So you don't want to do the bread too early and you don't want to put the eggs in too early. So it's all about timing. So 
And it's simply going to just gently stir this and make the curds. It's no like, there's no methodology to this. We're just waiting for the eggs to cook and we're going to agitate it so it's not like all one giant piece. And then at the very end, we're going to fold it together, serve it, and um, put some fresh parsley on top. We are good to go. While that's happening, I am going to take this bread and cut it in little triangles here so it's all ready to eat. Awesome. So everybody, as I mentioned, the, the girls have a book coming out in October, The Family That Cooks Together, which I think some of you took note of because Anna and Madeline, a couple people asking, do you each have a specialty dish um, that you like to cook or a favorite recipe from the um, new cookbook? Okay. My um, specialty dish. Wait, was there other second question? Eat or a favorite dish from the new cookbook. Oh, my favorite dish from the new cookbook. There's so many. Oh, there's so many to choose from. <laughs> um, when we were um, photographing it, I loved the um, chicken milanese. I ate. Oh, that was. So I ate one of them, and <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. Um, I also love the messy burger. That's really good. Like show. Yeah, I have it, a preview of it. This is the burger. Nice. That one's really good. Um, and then this is the Milanese that I was talking about. Where you delicious. ate the part. Of, you yeah. ate this part over I here. I ate this part <laughs> over here, so we had to cut it out. That's very funny. This is so good. Um, I also, I have my specialty dish, well, dessert. Actually, I make strawberry souffles a lot. Like, I make them, I don't know, a lot, a lot. Um, and we have that recipe in this cookbook, and I love making them. They're really, Yum. really good. Well, let's take a look at this lamb quickly. Yeah, how those eggs? So you see the little, uh, the, the, the marginal line kept, you know, that's the line of lamb. That's the line of lamb. There's the eggs. So you see, this is the quality of the egg. I've shut the pan off because why? Because the pan has residual heat. And a lot of people, when they cook eggs, they cook it right to the edge. And then you can't, you have nothing left after the pan because there is heat in this pan. So what we're going to do is just move this together and just let it sort of hang out. We're not going to completely mix it. We're just gonna go like this, right? And then that is the perfect scrambled egg. The lamb is cooked, the seasonings there. See all the, the juices back in the egg and the, and the lamb so there's no grease anymore because we've mopped up what we had in the beginning but the rest just stayed into the lamb. And that is a beautiful, beautiful Middle Eastern scrambled eggs that we're gonna plate right now. Okay, do I use this plate? Uh, no, I got this. Yeah. Would you do me a favor, Madeline and Anna? Would you give me the parsley? Yeah. This uh, is parsley. This is very simple parsley. You can buy parsley yeah. or whatever you have in the house. If you're lucky enough to have a garden, you can use it. You can use tarragon, chives, but I just like simple parsley put on top of this. I love and I think food. that the smell of this is so intoxicating. And now that you're all doing it, you know what it smells like. And we have the cut up pita, and I'm going to put here. I'm going to put some parsley. Get color on there. And this is, remember, this is from the book. We're gonna all gonna go in, we're gonna try a piece. Hey everybody, the book's available for pre-order, I believe, right now, so. On Amazon, and the book comes out in October, so you can pre-order it on Amazon. So what we'd like to do is just open up your pita, go in there like that, and you eat this with your hands. Oh, so it's great for kids. Let's see. Go ahead, girls. Oh, yum, yum, yum. Mm. I'm like, I, I'm like sitting here trying to smell the cinnamon and the spices. I have this, we have this so often. I always forget. It's always surprises me how good it is again and yeah. again and again and again. Yeah. It's really incredible. Any last questions? 
Anna, what do you think? Yeah. Hey, GZ, any alternative to pine nuts? I mean, some, I think some people may like we're trying almonds, which is okay, but I'm curious any, if your two cents on it. The pine nuts <clears throat> bring a unique quality. Yeah, that's amazing. If you can't have pine nuts, I would probably use walnut because of the oil factor in the walnut. Interesting. Um, or anything that's oily like that. An almond, I think, is too dry for this. Maybe okay. a pecan. Okay. But uh, of course, whatever that's whatever works that you like. How do you guys like the dish? I'm gonna flip through the gallery here. Let's see, or type it in the chat there. Oh yeah, someone's a couple people asking what veggies. Um, instead of the meat. Maybe in addition to. Um, I would do something. This is designed to be a leftover dish, meaning okay. whatever you have in the, in the dish and the, the and the fridge. If you want to use, if you have a leftover piece of fennel or a leftover celery, you can you can dice it. Certainly, in carrots, you can dice them up. But it's not like it's not a real a perfect source of recipe. The base is this, and this you can eat by itself. And the reason why it's like this, it's very simple because you have pine nuts or, or this, this dry spices and eggs all the time. And that's why it's designed that way. But feel free to experiment, whatever. Whatever you just have to add some more cinnamon, maybe. I once forget. You have that stuff. I forget how good this is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, girls. I know you guys have talked about baking a little bit. I heard Oreo milkshake. I heard strawberry souffle. Is there is there a favorite thing? I, I guess an Oreo milkshake isn't baking, but how is that? It's um. It's sort of like much healthier version of actual chocolate mint. It's cocoa powder, banana, avocado, honey. I know maple syrup, but it's it's really good. I may I, I may pre-order the book just for that. Yeah, it's cool. like the healthier version of chocolate, so I don't feel as much guilt. <laughs> I love it. Is there a dish that you all have wanted to make that you haven't tried making yet? I want to make um. I told you this. I wanted to make um, onion. Um, onion rings? No. Onion, onion rings? Uh, no. <laughs> Wait. I'm, onion soup. Oh, French yeah. Onion soup. French onion soup. soup. I want to make that. I love French onion We got plenty of time. We're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make cool. soufflés because my sister makes soufflés all the time, but I've never made Any more questions? Yeah, question about knives, GZ. Um, someone has some knives which they know you're supposed to hand wash, but they're curious how you clean because they feel after cutting raw meat that hot water isn't enough to sterilize them. But I'm just curious your thoughts. It, it's soap. I, I wash in soap and water. I don't put them in the refrigerator. Uh, I don't put them in the uh, dishwasher. <laughs> Once in a while, they get thrown in the dishwasher by mistake. But I, I just hand, hand wash with soap and water. It's perfect. Good to go. Awesome. Thank you again to Chef Jeffrey Zakarian, Madeline, Anna, Margaret behind the camera. Thank you all again for your support. Please stay safe. Please stay healthy, everybody. And we hope to see you back here. Whether you just listened for fun or you cooked right along with us, we want to thank you. If you did cook a recipe, we want to see your food. Take a pic and tag it with hashtag CookTracks. You can find more info and keep up to date with us on CookTracks at CookTracks.com. CookTracks is cooked up by Cappy, Ian Cohen, and Charlie Dugiello with editing from Joel Yeaton. Music has been composed by Jeffrey David Goldford. Special thanks to Red Summit Productions. Please rate, review, and or subscribe to this podcast on your listening site of choice. Thanks for listening to Cook Tracks. We got your back in the kitchen. <laughs>